0: earlier on the wake-up call with KB and Andy.
1: That's a good football Friday. It's a feel-good Friday. Hanging out with you in the drivehuber.com studios. The wake-up call, KB and Andy. Reminder, Greg Rakestraw going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, and then at 9 o'clock, Thad Mata, Butler basketball coach. They have a good one there. Saturday against Villanova and Hinkle. We'll have a couple, is it two tickets or four tickets? I never Pair can tickets. remember. Pair of tickets. Pair of tickets. A couple tickets uh, that we'll be giving away Should be fun for that at- atmosphere
2: and Hinkle. Tomorrow. And
1: were there now are you going out there this weekend no, and I know no you're sir. out there
2: okay no sir quick yeah, no uh we were there to watch the final game of Tony Stubblefield's <laughs> career right
1: <laughs> is that why you went That's you why just I went. knew you know uh-huh you said, you said, Max, He just this is Stubblefield. It's, uh, what's his first name again? I believe Tony. Uh, Tony. For some reason, I was thinking, uh, what was the big defensive tackle? Dana Stubblefield. Dana? I almost called him Dana. That's exactly. Yeah. Look at us. We're, we're in sync Distant on this Friday.
3: If they still had physical tickets, you probably would you know, laminate that one.
1: Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get it signed one day. Mm-hmm. Hanging up in the man cave. This is when we went to go see not Dana Stubblefield, Coach's final game. So a busy show today, 8 o'clock hour. We'll also give our picks for the NFL. NFL weekend, I said to KB, we were texting this morning, and at like 6.20, I said, this is a layup in sports radio, okay, or a dunk, you know, but you know, we'll just lay it up off the glass, and that is you know, Coach of the Year NFL Honors were released last evening, um, and we have been talking quite frankly, just saying it as a matter of fact, for how many months seemingly, at least weeks, that Shane Steichen would be, you know, in that group of five coaches that would be nominated for coach of the year in the NFL. I sure thought that would be the case. It is not the case. Last night, five names out there. Dan Campbell, obviously, with the Lions. Jim Harbaugh with the Ravens. D'Amico Ryans. Texans. Kevin Stefanski. Browns, no surprise there. And Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Late last night, the Colts tweeted this out with uh, a picture of Shane Steichen smiling. It was difficult for them to find a picture of Shane Steichen (laughs) Do you even call that a smile? uh, I need to look it up again. Was it more of a, a, no, no, you're right. It wasn't a smile. It was almost a smile. It was nearly a smirk, I guess. And so they put that up uh, 18 the, hours ago. And I guess. Shane
2: dialed up the social media department and said, Whoa. "This is BS. This Fire is this BS. out there. I'm not one of the per- five.
1: Protect my honor, finalists. What did you think? What well, did you think of it? Because you know, Colts fans s- don't like this. Let me start here.
2: How do you view Coach of the Year?
1: Well, I mean, that's because the discussion.
2: we have done this annually. It feels like with the Big Ten Coach of the Year. Do you vote? for Chris Collins and the heavy, you know, heavy overachieving Northwestern Wildcats? Or do you vote for Matt Painter because he's the best coach in the Big Ten and his team over the last couple of years, they continue to, I mean, Purdue won the Big Ten by three games last year. I mean, no one wins a Big Ten by three games. So I'm always torn on like, even MVP, Andy, how do you view MVP? Do you view MVP literally as the acronym or do you view MVP as the best player in the league? Because I think there are two different things. Most valuable player. Again, I would vote Tyrese Halliburton as one of the three or four most valuable players. Now maybe after the Siakam trade, he's not as valuable, but he's still obviously really, really valuable. But if you said best player, sure, eh, you might you know, drop Halbert a little bit further down <laughs> that list. So I guess let's start there with well, Coach of the Year because well they, did it, it, they did both here. They did both. Yeah, they did both here on the this five uh, finalists list. Now my first reaction was I have zero. Well, I, yes, I have zero issue with Shane be being left off. Okay. From the five finalists, and I also can sit here and say Colts fans should be thrilled with the job that Shane Steichen did. And you should love what he established accountability-wise, what he has given you offensively, the support he provided Anthony Richardson, and you should feel very good about your head coach entering year two. But Andy, my counter to anybody that says Shane Steichen deserves to be on this list would say, who are you taking off?
1: Uh, I know that, and that's the that's the who, question. Who are you taking off? Macal uh, Shane.
2: San Francisco has dominated <laughs> Cal every Shanahan. team vir- virtually this season. I mean, they I have understand. absolutely oh, blown teams I, out. I'm laughing because where was yes, Baltimore last year? Uh,
1: understandable. Where was Detroit last year? I mean, Detroit last year was not in the postseason. So I, I just that's I can't where they were. Sit here and
2: say any of those five should be taken off. And again, I don't want that to all of a sudden be like, well, that diminishes the job that Shane Sykin has done. You know, honestly, if you win in week 18. You're probably on the damn list.
1: Well, I think I think there's a part of that. I mean, D'Amico Ryans, you know, he walks into Indianapolis and gets the win in a de facto playoff game, and then he goes, and they shine in a playoff game, right? I mean, they do. They shine in a playoff game. I don't know. I was joking with Kyle Shanahan. I, I mean, I like Kyle Shanahan enough. If you ask me uh, who, if I had to, I might take him off, but it, it doesn't matter that much. I, I kind of feel like this is, this is like my fault. It's like our fault, little bit. I mean, we just, we called Shane Steichen that he was going to be on this list, though, for months, did we not? And we were making the mistake of Uh, of, you know, when we said Stefanski and we said D'Amico Ryans, it was similar, was it not? We said those three because D'Amico Ryans, uh, you know, they had a team that was in the gutter and they were no longer obviously in the gutter. You see the development and everything else of CJ Stroud. And then we talked about it from a similar standpoint of the issues, the many issues that the Colts had and Shane Steichen, we got to see, you got to see KB up close, you know, how much he cleaned up the organization. You mentioned different words for that, but that's what he did. He cleaned up the um, the organization and then Stefanski won games with what was it? Four or five quarterbacks? Yeah. Was it four at the end? Yeah. Uh, with Joe Flacco being that fourth quarterback. Absurd. But we forgot about the other guys. We forgot about the guys who are winning <laughs> 10 plus games, winning their conference. And for someone like John Harbaugh has perhaps, you know, one of the top six, seven, eight teams in the history of the entire NFL. Of the history of the NFL, if they 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 can figure things out in the next couple weeks and win a couple games.
2: Yeah, I think the Baltimore stat was they're the first team in NFL history to beat, like, it's either 10 or 11 teams with better than 500 records. I mean, they had a lead at, what, the two-minute warning of every single game they've been in this season. Again, San Francisco has just throttled teams for the most part here this season. So I had... No issue, honestly, whatsoever. And Shane Sykin being left off. I mean, hell, if you want to get technical, he's probably six on the list. And, (laughs) you know, welcome to the nature of the NFL. In a bottom line business, Andy, a lot of this stuff comes down to one game. And all of a sudden, you are one game away from hosting a home playoff game. And now on the record of the 2023 season, what does it say? It says the Colts finished third in their division. Right. You know, think, it's, it's
1: were they tenth in the AFC, whatever? Right. Did, did it, they end up being tenth or eleventh? I think it was tenth in the AFC. It's crazy yeah. how they went from seventh to tenth in the final game.
2: And again, this is probably why we love the NFL so much, because it's one game a week and you know all of this matters. And you know, there's a part of me sitting there in Gamebridge last night thinking, damn, I feel like there should be more people in the building. Like Joel and B. just scored seventy the other night. I get Halliburton's not playing, but you know, this is a like a marquee opponent on a Thursday night, and it just goes to show you again The NFL is just king, and I think a big, big reason of it is the scarcity of the games. You get one a week, they mean a whole, whole lot, and the wins and losses and the one-week nature to it I think is what people crave because there is so much at stake night in and night out, or I should say weekend. These
1: games are just going to be massive this weekend, and we'll talk about those coming up uh, at 8.30 as well. Uh, Pacers last night, besides the... Uh, you know, we haven't even talked too much about Pascal Siakam, and we should with his triple double. I was going to say, besides Siakam and the defense of Turner, you were there. What stood out to you? And besides Zach Eady completely blocking an entire row from being <laughs> able to see the game. <laughs> yeah, again, I I thought from
2: the start of the game, the first two possessions, um, you made it very difficult for Philly to try to get in their offense on the first trip. I I thought it looked like Philly was saying, "Oh yeah, we'll just feed our seventy point guy. Watch this, this will be easy." And boom, the Pacers steal it. Turner beats him beat down the floor. He gets fouled. Two foul shots. I want to say the next possession, Turner then stripped Embiid on one of those, you know, Embiid trying to do his little, like, kind of rip-through moves. Uh, and that, to me, just kind of set the tone for you there. And you built that first quarter lead. Obviously, Matherin had the huge second quarter there, and then you were in full control throughout. Maxi couldn't throw it in the ocean. That, that was pretty helpful to you as well. What do you make now? Andy, and Tuesday will be the final one of these games. And I think entering the season, we thought the Eastern Conference would play out like it has. There's three teams in the East that are above everybody else. You've got Boston, you've got Milwaukee, and you've got Philly. The Pacers, after Tuesday night, will not have another game this season against any of those three teams. They'll be at Boston Tuesday, and they're done. Now, again, they've played Milwaukee
1: five right. times. And they'll have good teams on there. Oklahoma City, the Lakers, other teams, right. Tuesday will be the fifth and final game. game
2: with Boston because they played them in the in-season tournament. And last night was the third and final with Philly. Uh, Andy, they are 8-4 and four against those three teams. What does that say
1: to you about what this team could do in April? Well, I think that's the thing. the The conversation around them playing well against some of these teams is clear that that that's what makes them scary in the postseason, is it not? Um, when you view them, that's what that's what it is to me. I mean, I, that's what it is. I mean, if you're the Sixers last night, I mean, they keep you do the Pacers at arm distance the entire night. We know what's happened at Milwaukee. Now, I guess let me ask you this: Do you expect them? Would you like like to face Milwaukee once more this season with Doc Rivers? No. I got thinking about that. So no. you just, I mean, I mean, because obviously, I the Bucks fair in the Pacers when the playoffs? Well, that begin was my here. question because obviously, the Adrian Griffin led Bucks the Pacers had their number this season. I mean, that is that is that that is very much clear. And the way the Pacers played against the Bucks, no doubt had a say into Adrian Griffin no longer being the head coach, among a bunch of other things. Uh, the staff unrest, obviously, all the Dame Lillard stuff, their defensive metrics or defensive numbers and everything else. I, you know, I said this at the beginning. Um, this team now, it's back-to-back Thursday nights. They've went and won. And if you go back as well, remember when they had that mysterious practice that they needed to have. Remember that they had the practice yeah, the back Clippers in game. yeah, uh-huh. back in December. Probably over a month they, ago yeah, now. They, they lost some games. They lost four in a row. And Carlisle came on here and said, "We got to get we got to get this practice going." They had a practice. They changed some things up in their rotation. They beat Charlotte. Now they lost two other games: Orlando and Memphis. That's when John Morant came back. If you remember, this is getting close to Christmas time and. And then they went on a tear where they won six in a row. They won like nine out of ten. And that's where we were really talking about the Pacers ascending until Halliburton. What I am interested in is they got Siakam a practice yesterday. In fact, Mark, would you get clip six, I believe? Uh, Pascal Siakam talked about this. We'll get to that here in a second. But they got a practice in and... Listen, I, I think you know. last night was a great performance. Tonight's a tough spot. Phoenix is playing really good. They just beat you. It's a back-to-back for you, not for them. And so even if you lose to Phoenix tonight, if you can get Halliburton back for that Memphis game, I'm wondering, Halliburton back... You get perhaps a couple practices under your belt with Siakam, and then you mention to add to your stat of the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference that you're not going to have. You know, I understand Boston and New York are coming, but you know, after that, Sacramento, Charlotte, Houston, Golden State, Charlotte, Toronto, Detroit, Dallas, a bunch of winnable games. I'm I'm wondering here, hit your mic real quick. I'm wondering if they can if they can replicate that in any way, right? Yeah, this what schedule they did in December. lightens
2: up so much once you turn the calendar to. February and beyond. Um, I will say that last night, especially to what you know, you asked me, what also kind of stood out. You know, I was curious when that first double comes to Siakam and he starts to kick it out and you swing it around the horn, do you hit an open shot? Because you didn't do that in the fourth quarter Tuesday against Denver. Look at Miles Turner from three last night. Look at Aaron Smith from three last night. They combined to go six of nine. And that is so, so important to making sure that you surround Siakam, a guy that, you know, he it's a little throwback. You kind of throw it to him 18 feet away from the basket, and he starts to do his little, you know, song and dance. That draws attention. You want to space the floor. Turner and Neesmith, absolutely huge last night for you in hitting those shots. Um, I, I hate even bringing it up again because oh we did it earlier in the week, and we sound like idiots. Did you check out the wardrobe for Tyrese Halliburton last night? I
1: wrote it down. He had the Harry Potter look. Okay, so you went with Harry Potter. Okay,
2: yeah, what did you go with? I I don't know if Mark Dykton, he would be the one to ask with this. I thought his Tuesday night outfit was a little bit more in this uh, route. I thought last night it was a little bit more Arthur-related than Harry Potter. Okay, Tuesday, Mark, the fit for Tyrese Halliburton on Tuesday night, uh, in the Dykton household, are we a (laughs) Daniel Tiger's neighborhood at all? (laughs) We are not. We are religious watchers in the Bowen household. Uh, if you could pull that up, Mark, uh, maybe a picture of, I thought he looked like Daniel Tiger's father. And the more I even thought about it, I thought he maybe looked like the grandpa, who I believe goes by Grand Père in the show. So if we could get a uh,
1: picture... You, you, you guys I, I- might have to explain who... You might explain who all these people are yeah? to I, our again, audience. We, uh, no, no We're offense. getting very
2: niche into the young parents that are out there. Mark, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but if you could somehow pick Stitch uh, a Halliburton from Tuesday night with Grand Pair from Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, okay, uh, that seems to be the fit. Which, again, he's come a long way from Sunday when Sunday in Phoenix, that was his Double Dare slime trench coat. Remember that one? Yeah. That was the neon green. He looked like he was going to a... Uh, what do they call it? Cosmic Bowling? It looked like he was going to Cosmic Bowling <laughs> cosmic at Woodland
1: Bowling. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm looking at this. So this is, listen, I may need, we may need to do a dad dilemma when we get further into maybe even the summer on this. Mark,
2: I'm shocked I, though. Daniel Tiger's
3: Neighborhood. No, we,
1: we're, we're Bluey.
3: We're like, I love wow. Bluey. Uh, wow. I love Bluey. Bluey's big in the house. And then it's, it's we a also worship shows. Peppa Pig. See, Peppa Pig, not so much. We're uh, Gabby's dollhouse is big. It's on Netflix. Okay. (laughs) They're big on that one. So, can we get
2: Halliburton to dress up as one of those characters, maybe? Well, Gabby's dollhouse has a lot of cats, so he'd be in
3: cat outfits. (laughs)
1: I don't, know, I don't know if we want him
2: rocking that. Do, do you he, see the resemblance at all? He uh, may naturally do. Am I on an island here?
1: No, you're not on an island. Here's the thing. You said Daniel Tiger. Uh-huh. My, in my mind, Ferocious here's, young he, lad, here, here's here is how it went. Nice kid. Dan, you went Daniel Tiger. My mind said, oh, that must be a children's program. I then was soothed and felt better because Mark started to type. So I'm like, well, Mark doesn't know who this is, and he's got three kids. Okay? So then I was a little bit bit confused and then I looked it up and I saw Daniel Tiger's neighborhood but no, yeah. I went with something more that I knew I went with a Harry Potter look simply because of the glasses right. and and what I don't know He gave the glasses to McConnell well, okay, at one point on it, the sideline. He did Didn't and he- the, the Pacers put that on Instagram and probably Twitter X and everything else. He he gave the glasses he handed them to the right of them to TJ McConnell and you know, then they put a caption easy to see this dub, you know, something like that there's not a prescription in those glasses, is there? <laughs> well,
2: yeah. Is the uh, what Robbie Avia from some,
1: Indiana State? He's gonna yeah. start rocking the Rex yeah, like, when he like gets back. Like those are clear, right? Those those don't have a prescription. You or wipe do your they. eye and
3: your finger goes
1: through the yeah, frames. Yeah, like I didn't know because the the meme of McConnell putting them on it stops there. He doesn't react like, oh wow, I you know I can I can't see anything because these glasses are so very strong. So I don't. That's kind of the journalistic question I want answered. D- you know, are those glasses? Are they? A prescription, or are they just yeah, I'm a, fake glass. I
2: think I know the answer
3: okay, to
1: that yeah, one. Yeah, there. Yesterday's outfit, well. I just thought he was getting ready
2: for
3: tax season. Looks like he was going to do
1: some <laughs> He taxes.
2: Does? Yeah, I thought maybe a little substitute teacher vibe okay.
1: as well. You said that th- he had the substitute teacher vibe when he had the the baggy the baggy jeans, which, by the way, the baggy jean look back in style always great for bigger guys like me that that's come full circle now from the uh, from the tight, skinny, slim jeans all the way back to the You get a vote of confidence <laughs> yeah. from Andy Sweeney oh, with that one? Yeah, th- thank
2: you. It's been 20 years, but it's finally back. Uh, shout out to Brian from the shop. My two-year-old <laughs> has a talking Daniel Tiger doll in his oh. crib and goes off in the middle of the night and oh. scares the bleep oh. out of me. We have stuff like that, too. We're just, I'm like, what yeah. the hell is now, that? Th- now you're going to picture Halliburton as Grand Père.
1: Guys, I need, a cl- I need a class. Like, I'm not kidding. From somebody, I need, like, a full class on... Just just dial up PBS. Well, they I know. Got some great, I know.
2: Some great flicks, and I am a huge Daniel Tiger. Okay. Again, for those that missed it, Halliburton, all star <laughs> starter. Uh, he swept it. Number one in fan voting for Easter Conference guards, number one in player, uh, number one in media vote as well. So he will be a starter alongside Giannis, Joel Mb, Jason Tatum, and I am kind of curious about this one. Uh, that fifth starter is Damian Lillard. Are mm. we good on the Dame Time celebration there? Well, the-
1: are we all good? I, I, I'm I'm wondering, and okay. if they, I was even wondering this, if they did this a few years ago. Remember when they would have captains and they'd pick the entire team? Right, we are back to the, East the, West the, here. Okay, so LeBron and Giannis are the the captains. They are or whatever. the captains, but no draft. But, but I no, guess. There's, yeah, yeah, there's no draft. If a couple years ago when there was a draft and all this beef was happening between the Bucks and the Pacers, no way Giannis drafts Halliburton, right? He can't, it, no. It would be LeBron James. would be, LeB- I, it would be LeBron all about. Give me the rivalries. Yeah. I, I, Listen, I'm all about I'm it. i good with it. Plus, I'd like to see Halliburton play with LeBron James. Last night, this is not a short clip, but here's Kenny Smith on TNT announcing Halliburton as a starter. Oh, this is great. From the Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton. Yes, the uh, league leader
4: in assists.
1: So there you go. That's I, it. But that's the announcement. By the way, you Last need to night.
3: update your Daniel Tiger thing because Grandpa is the guy who looks like Tyrese. Halligan.
2: Right, right, right. That's what I was saying. I at First, I thought dad. his father, okay. but then the more I looked his at Grandpère. it, I thought Grandpa. Yeah,
3: Grandpa is rocking the you know the hat and everything. So I'm right on this. Oof. You are right. Yeah. This is I
2: I needed this for myself. Andy, you there'll know, be a had... test later. You better be ready. Uh, I just uh, I, I'm going to make I, this I, pick I've, stitch before the show's over.
1: I have also said this. It feels like, and I know there is skill to it, but it feels like. You know, the children's programming, children's programming, even on like YouTube buddies of mine, you know, a lot of them have kids on YouTube. Like all of this is, is is an untapped resource of money and it just, (laughs) it feels like you make a lot of money doing this stuff. I don't know. I have Juan Carlos visits the neighborhood, Daniel and Max asked to play. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful season show. six episode uh-huh. sixteen. We do I the, love, we yeah. do Sesame Street on
3: HBO
2: Max. As we someone do that gets allergies. I love that you know Daniel has allergies in oh, an episode, okay. so that's you know nice when you get into the spring months here. <laughs> do you try to say
3: Daddy's like Daniel Tiger?
2: And I, they, they I kind of sniffle, and Rosie's like, "Oh yeah, that's what happens when the flowers bud." And I'm like, oh, "Yes, yeah, exactly." Um, <laughs> Let's give away a pair of Butler tickets. If you just live through three minutes of Daniel Tiger, it's the least we can do here. How about this, Andy Sweeney? Okay, let's go. Three three one seven, two three nine ten seventy. Can you name the coach of Butler's opponent tomorrow? Oh, I after can. That's noon, a good question.
1: It's okay? a good question. So
2: you gotta know Butler's opponent. And you also have to be able to name their head coach. Mark Dykton will field these calls here. 317-239-1070. We've got two pair, by the way, to give away. We'll do one now. We'll do the other one coming up at the 9 o'clock hour. Thad Mata at 9. Andy Sweeney, uh, Indiana. Is this do or die tomorrow? 3 o'clock?
1: At Illinois? (laughs) Is (laughs) Is <laughs> it even dead. dumb to even say that? Yeah, and I, I was listening, listen, Khalil Ware, just to give an update, yesterday he didn't do anything. I was looking it up. He didn't do anything in practice. He, he hadn't done anything to that no, point, no, right? And yeah, the plan was he yeah, to do to, something? I, I think it's today is a big day for Khalil Ware. Now, we had a little bit of sound. We can play it later on. Uh, and Mike Woodson, yeah, I, I, so he hasn't done very much at all here this week. I don't know. If Ware doesn't play, they don't have a chance, right? I mean, you just don't feel that way. I mean, you're just looking. If you're an Indiana fan, you're just hoping for that special game, right? And you like you almost had it at times against Kansas. You never had it against Purdue a couple weeks ago. You just need that game where Renew goes crazy and a bunch of shots that just never go in go in. But, I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Illinois. No, I, I, I don't. It, it, it's and Tarrant Shannon is still playing, right? He's still playing. It was kind of gross. He got a standing ovation when he came yeah, back I a couple a years ago. It's kind of that. kind of an odd uh, look there. But they're coming off a loss, right? They lost to Northwestern it, it, a couple days overtime, ago. So. Yeah, does that
2: matter at all? I, 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 Indiana's I, I, had more time see, off. See, I, I, never, I'm grasping I never, at straws. I
1: never, yeah, it's grasping at straws just because I just don't believe in Indiana's roster. But it's a, it's like, yeah, I mean, to me, if I'm an IU fan, can you win this game? Can you get Xavier Johnson competing like he used to? And the answer to both of those is probably no
2: no oh my gosh mark did Andy Stair really win these tickets god I grew up with Zach Stair, absolute legend there he said he said hi he said you know who he <laughs> yeah, is I do I do yeah <laughs> shout out to Andy shout out to Zach legend Number the stan brothers crushing it is that full, what you're
1: saying full back it okay
2: Clay, Clay Jr. high Zach Stair, great great shooter if you leave him open in the corner Butler Villanova the head coach Andy Sweeney of the Wildcats
1: Oh, I, I'm sorry. You were asking me. Um, um now, now I totally forgot. Oh, God. Um, no, I, you I, said you knew it, so that... I did. I did That's know why it. why hang, hang on, hang on. Do you hang know your planets? Oh, Kyle, Kyle was Neptune. Kyle Neptune. I going to say. My goodness. Kyle Neptune, oh, who, does, I've kind uh, of, who I've kind of... Yeah, I mean, Kyle how Neptune. How does the order take, go? Sorry, Have they changed the order
2: of the planets on me? Is it Uranus, Neptune, Pluto? I could have sworn okay, that not, they changed the I'm not doing this
3: for a radio bit. Is Uranus still a planet? Yes, Uranus has always been a planet. Well, I thought Neptune, one of the planets ne- the planets uh, Pluto was off. the one that was on the outs for yeah, a while. There Is go. that the
2: order? Do I have the right order? What was it? Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Boy, we're I really going to
3: hammer the numbers here with Daniel Tiger and Solar
2: I System. I could have sworn. <laughs> it's Friday at, you know, 7.55. I could have sworn <laughs> we had maybe Go Mercury, Venus, change the Earth, Earth, Mars, You're gonna give us the whole Jupiter, order?
3: Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. There you go. So Pluto or no? You just uh, stopped. Okay, Pluto's there. Pluto's after Neptune.
2: Greg Reichstraw sure, is going to save us next. Over I, under I, two and half, a half. Victorian. Over so. under two and a half tournament teams from the state of Indiana. When we
5: get to- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
2: Selection Sunday in a little over a month. We'll toss that to Rake next.
1: Greg is going to join us here uh, in just a second. Reminder, Thad Mott, a Butler basketball head coach. He'll join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll have two more tickets to give away to Butler and the Kyle Neptune-led Villanova basketball team that is coming up tomorrow. So we'll have two tickets to give away in the 9 o'clock hour. And we had confirmation Pluto is not a planet, so we figured all these things out here on this. Yes. I learned it in my science
3: book in elementary school. It's still planned in my book. It's not going to change. By the
2: way, I sent you guys that math problem from yesterday. I I, I didn't understand.
3: I don't understand what was going on. there. It was all multiplication, and then there's one addition, and the addition made zero sense. Well,
1: honestly, you know who we should have sent it to? To Greg Rakeshaw. I believe. Greg Rakeshaw, were you the valedictorian at Lanesville? He was. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. That
4: is, Pluto, not a planet, myself a valedictorian, yes. Those are currently believed facts. Across most of Western civilization.
2: Now, Rick, I know this was early in our drive. I don't know. I'm guessing around Tipton, maybe, is when we had this conversation. But refresh my memory: your college choice was University of Indianapolis. Was there? A, a, and nothing against University of Indianapolis a, at all. Was there any thought to maybe trying to? I I don't know. Could Could we have played? You know, tennis at an Ivy League school?
4: Uh, no. Uh, not from an academic standpoint. From a talent standpoint, Got uh, it. I was a. I was a Division II walk-on. I was recruited by a couple of the other uh, programs in the GLVC for tennis, and let's just say they were much closer to the back end of the standings than UIndy was who won it my freshman year, and then we finished as like the runner-up or third place like the next two or three years I was in the league. So, uh, no, academics first, tennis second or third uh, at a good old UIndy.
2: And I saw that Djokovic lost last night, right? The Australian Open and the semifinals. I feel like that never happens.
4: Correct. That is the first time he has lost in a semifinal or a championship. So there were other tournaments when he was younger that he did not make it that far. But uh, uh, that is rare and perhaps a a sign of... uh, Mortality uh, for the Joker.
1: Yeah, when I wake up, there's always there's always the uh, the journalists, the analysts, KB that are that are live tweeting the Australian Open at 3 a.m. My like God, God bless you. At least somebody is. Greg Ragstraw joining us here is normal eight o'clock spot on a Friday joins us on the Payless Liquors hotline. Uh, I mean, Greg. I mean, you look at last night, a feel good night, and boy, they needed one for the Pacers. Pascal Siakam uh, a triple double, just the sixth time he's done that in his career had a double-double earlier in the week for the Pacers uh in your I guess in your opinion early returns on what you've seen with Siakam
4: uh I mean I think it's a fantastic trade for the Pacers and and the hope is that obviously he's here long term but even if not Bruce Brown was really on a one-year contract you had an option for a second year Jordan Laura wasn't a piece who's going to factor into you You've got those three first-round draft picks are all going to be like back half of the first-round picks. You've got your young core in place. You're not looking to really add pieces to that. Well, the Pacers got a steal. Uh, I think, frankly, also it's, it's Toronto realizing they had Pascal Siakam for three more months in their contract. There was, there was not much they were going to get for him right. at that point. Um, and so it, it kind of goes both ways. But I think he's going to be tremendous. And, 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 frankly, you know, I felt that after watching the Denver game on Tuesday we are just like, hey, this is the defending NBA champs, and without your best player, and a guy we now know is an all-star starter, um, you hung with them. You had a chance to, to win the game late. I mean, the Nuggets are really good, and the Pacers, without their best player, were step-for-step with them. So Pascal Siakam's a tremendous pickup. Pacers didn't have to pay much in, in terms of, of mortgage to get them uh, and and Halliburton's now you no know, thought to be one of the best five to ten players in the league. Life's good to be an Indiana Pacers fan right now.
2: He is Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Rake, uh, every couple of weeks I throw you this question. I think the number is adjusted a little bit. Over under two and a half teams from the state of Indiana that will be in the men's NCA tournament.
4: Uh, let's go over uh, Purdue. I, I think is solidly in the field at this point. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> I'm I, 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 hot take. I think they're going to make the tournament. Um, Indiana State, I think, will make it again. I, I think either they win the league, or I think there is a chance they could get it as an at large. How many um, losses think, do they
2: have to play with? Like, you know, do they have a loss or two,
4: or do they need to run the table? One, I, I, I think one, they're okay. A second loss, and probably, and again, it's all about whom that loss might be. You know, if if, if that loss is Drake, it is at home. That's that that that's tough for me. Um, you know, league championship standpoint. He's already lost in Des Moines, but that's that's not a bad loss. You know, if you were to lose to Valpo, who's not good, or Illinois State, who's not good, or Evansville, who's kind of fallen off the map since they got into Valley play, that's not good. Uh, obviously, I think it's Quad One, Quad Two, Quad Three, etc. Uh, I think if they get to Arch Madness, like say 18 and two in league play, they have a shot uh, of, of 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 getting in at large bid. So. Let's say their chances are better than 50 percent. And again, I, I think that potentially Butler could do enough in the Big East uh, to get in. All the other teams that we thought maybe they're playing for a uh, you know for a league championship, I'm not sure that's going to happen. So let's say over, and that's probably being a bit hopeful.
1: Greg Regstraw with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline before we get to some high school stuff uh, and everything else. You know, um, and I wanted to bring up one item on Zach Eady, just looking at Indiana State. Uh, and, Greg, I don't know, I, I hope this doesn't happen, but if they don't win the conference tournament, and they have to be an at large. You know, we always get into the conversation of: Do you want the you know the eighth team out of the SEC, you know Mississippi State, who's sixteen and thirteen, oh, uh, or do you want a team that's lost you know like four games in Indiana State? Do you think you know someone like the Big Ten or ACC being so down that that helps Indiana State, or do you think it'll be if they don't win the conference tournament, it'll be kind of the same uh, you know conversation that we have every year with the mid major and some team who's like tenth. the sec
4: it helps because it's at least a conversation but we all know that everything is slanted in favor of the power six conferences everything i mean my goodness you know the the mid-majors and low majors you know for a 15-year period you know if, if you won your regular season league but didn't win your tournament at least you had a bit of the nit now that's gone away as well so everything is hey, here's an, invita- here's an invitation for your league champion to play in our tournament and maybe make a monumental upset for the rest of you, piss off. That's the way the system is set up, okay? At least there's a conversation this year because of some of the other bigger leagues being down. And to answer your original question, absolutely give me the 28-4 team From what is typically a one-bid league, I would much rather see that team than the seventh seventh or eighth place team from any league. Give me the little guy, because to me, that's what the first weekend of March Madness is about. But again, you and I both know that's that's la la land. That doesn't happen. that doesn't exist in reality.
1: I, I think your piss-off is gonna be something that might be on the old hotkeys here in the studio in the uh, DriveHuber.com studio. Rake, <laughs> when you drop when you drop
2: the piss off, I, I thought back to your Reds comment from a few years Uh-oh. ago. For those that might have
4: missed it. In a normal scenario, I would love to see the Padres do well. I want them to die like dogs to ensure that the Reds make the playoffs. Oh, man. <laughs> I am nothing if not to provide content for you on a Friday morning. If I get both of you laughing audibly, I've done my job.
2: That is beautiful. You know, some people are like, why? Well, Rick Carlisle gave you guys a shout out at his <laughs> press hell conference. That. Yeah, hell with that. We got Rake on Fridays, man. What else do we need? Uh, he is Greg Rake He's with us here on the Payload Stickers Hotline. Rake, um, could you compare the DePaul job to the Butler job for me? You know, Big East, um, you know, obviously Chicago and Indy, you know, sl- certainly different, but, you know, different cities than maybe some of those Big East teams in the markets that they're in. Uh, do you view the DePaul job as any sort of level of attraction? Because there have been a-, a rumor or two of a Dusty May or a Josh Shirts from uh, uh, Indiana State.
4: The DePaul job should be far more attractive than it is. But if you look, I mean, Northwestern has been better. Still not a frequent visitor to the NCAA tournament. But for years, any program in that city has been, man, you just recruit Chicago, you're going to be okay. Right. Well, I, I, and again, I have, I've had more connections in the recent past with, say, the UIC program, which is at a different level than DePaul. Obviously, UIC is at a, at a higher level in terms of a conference, uh, you know, because of being the Missouri Valley now. Um, but at the same time I mean they've not won when've they, it's been tough to recruit Chicago kids for any of those schools. So yes, DePaul should be a better job than it should be. yes, you are going to recruit to what next year is at least the fifth best basketball conference in the country but there's just been nothing in terms of success for that program for the last 20, 30 years. So when you want to compare DePaul and Butler you know, you know. Butler obviously has been on, on on a bit of a slide the last five or six years. They're they're seemingly heading back in the right direction this year. But you've at least got you know, not just the the, the national championship runs now thirteen and fourteen years ago. You've got Sweet Sixteens that are not that long ago for Butler. You've got nothing like that for DePaul. So that that job should be a lot more attractive than it is. Um, but at the same time, man, uh, it's that's. <laughs> That's a hike, because you are unquestionably the worst team in a power league. It's kind of like recruiting to Vanderbilt in football. Good luck with that.
2: <laughs> Two NCAA tournament appearances for DePaul since 1992. One, or excuse me, none since 04. Dave Leto got them there in 03, 04. That's been it, uh, that job. Opening up here earlier this week. Again, Greg Rakestraw is with us here. ISC and uh, obviously a ton of other things on his Resume. Uh, Rake, is this the most wide open we've seen for a boys basketball in a while?
4: It is. I mean, maybe a good example of that is the game that I had on Wednesday night. You know, Lawrence North is now 16 and 0. They're number one uh, in the coaches' poll, number two in the AP poll. Sagarin has them at number three. They played a new PAL team uh, that was up their starting point guard in Moses Haynes, and new PAL led for a large chunk of that game. Uh, LN ended up winning 57 48, pulled away. In the last minute or two, by the way, Julius Gizzy was tremendous uh, for New Pal, another member of this insanely good junior class that we have in this state. He had 36 uh, in the loss, um, but LN is good. Fishers is really good. They play each other February the 13th, um, but they're not unbeatable. And again, both those teams are in sectionals, where you know it's not a guarantee you get out of your sectional. I mean, my goodness, LN's the county champ. Well, there's the city champ and addicts in their sectional, and there's Cathedral who's lost twice that's in their sectional. Uh, and there's North Central, who LN just beat by two last Friday night, that's also in their sectional. I'll see North Central and Warren Central tonight on ISC and, and my TV. So, sectional 10 is ridiculous. Sectional 8 is the same as it always is for the Hamilton County teams because Westfield has lost once. Noblesville has lost twice. So, it's not a guarantee that Fishers get out of their sectional either. So, there is more parity this year. There is While there are still two undefeated teams as we're having this conversation, there is not the generationally good team like Ben Davis, like we had a year ago. It is it is significantly more wide open, even with a couple of really good teams that are atop the list.
2: What what game did you say you have tonight, Rick?
4: North Central and Warren Central. So girls-boys oh. double girls game at six, boys game to follow. The boys game you can see on MyNDTV. Both games streamed at iscsportsnetwork.com.
2: Well, NCWC action. For Greg Rakestraw here on this Friday night. Rake, as always, man, love our conversations. Uh, thank you, and have a great weekend.
4: And just to specify, I would never tell the two of you to piss off. Just wanted to make sure that was good and clear.
2: I needed to hear that. I was nervous. Thank you, Rake.
4: <laughs> See you guys. That's
2: Greg Rakestraw right there.
1: I, I didn't want to do this to even make Craig, I didn't want to enrage him even more KB, I want them but to
2: die like
3: dogs
1: die I forgot like dogs. about that, Mark. Well, didn't the Reds and the Padres
3: that year, they both Correct. missed the yes. playoffs? Uh-huh. Yep. Last time the, I think that was the last time the Reds had a chance at the playoffs The, the funny yeah.
1: thing is the Padres spent all the money and didn't make the playoffs. The Reds spent none of the money, didn't make the playoffs The Reds are sitting back thinking, we did the right thing <laughs> We saved all this money and we, we had the same fate, if you will uh, of the Padres. Two things coming from that conversation. I didn't want to uh in, in rage and I'm kidding Greg anymore. But when they expand the NCAA tournament, you know, Greg Sankey's talked about it, the SEC commissioner, uh, that doesn't mean that like Indiana State has a better chance of making it. Even if I mean they probably do, but you know what I mean. Them expanding the NCAA tournament in the next couple years is so bottom feeders like or middle of the road teams like a Mississippi State sure. or an N C state make the Hell,
2: tournament. Indiana would be on the bubble
1: right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It'd be more for IU we'd be talking about more than Indiana State, even if they lost four or five games this season. Right now, they're at three losses. And the other thing, and I've heard it talked about, DeCoursey was on with Jake yesterday, and, uh, and he said the same thing. Dusty May would be an idiot to take the DePaul job. Yeah, Dude, but- just sit back and let a better job come to you. I was going to say, I, I don't. You know, I,
2: I asked a question. I don't think it's anywhere near the same stratosphere I mean, comparing to Paul and them. Butler. Yeah, they, they but could call. I and mean, that wouldn't be crazy. Now, the Indiana State conversation, I think, is an interesting one. Again, they are 17-3, and 8-1 and in the MoVal. Joe Lenardi earlier this week had him as his fifth team out. I, I do think right now they are actually leading the Missouri Valley, but let's just play the at-large devil's advocate here for a second. Do you view that as like it'd be better for them to beat the Drakes and the Belmonts? Of their conference, those are the other teams, kind of right with them, with similar resumes. Or do you view that as you don't want any bad losses? Like I, I'm kind of torn on like, what is the mid-major resume that looks the best to
1: to the no, committee? It, it is isn't, isn't their loss record matters more than their wins? Right? Should that be the case? Well, that that is the case. Should it be the case? You know, th- that's the great argument of the of the NCAA tournament and the back end of the NCAA tournament. Again, their but, losses, but you at know, what Alabama. I
2: think at Michigan State and at Drake.
1: Yeah, and Alabama doesn't hurt, you know, doesn't hurt. That's a top 25 team. You really wish you played 35 minutes against Michigan State. You know, maybe 33 minutes they would probably feel against Michigan State. You know, Michigan State's not a good team this season. Maybe if you would have won that game, perhaps that helps you a little bit just because of the name recognition. I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is the great debate in college basketball. What, what, what do you want to see? Do you want to see the mid-major with a ton of wins that you haven't seen but a couple losses, or do you want to see – and I keep p- p- picking on Mississippi State, or do you want to see someone out of the SEC or Big Ten that has 14 losses? I mean, you know, I mean, and then when those teams make a run, you know, Michigan made a run a couple years ago, yeah, I mean, Syracuse is a 10 uh, yeah. seed. Some uh, of Remember those South, years Car- or... South Carolina sure. and uh, yeah, Frank the Martin, four. You know, they yeah. go to the final four. And so then those teams make a run and say, well, I mean, of course they went, you know, Frank Martin and South Carolina, they went through the gauntlet of the SEC. So no matter who wins or loses, there's a pivot that can be taken that can, you know, analyze why it was good that that team made it or the other team didn't make it.
2: You know, I'm uh, currently posting eh, probably like four-ish articles a week to our website, 107.5 The Fan, in regards to the Colts. And just, you know, they're pretty typical, like, off-season stuff. Um, I do one every year where I always am like, okay, let's evaluate Chris Ballard through X amount of seasons. Let's evaluate, you know, obviously it was Frank Reich now turning into Shane Steichen. I'll post the Steichen one coming up on Monday, but always do a a GM kind of head coach evaluation at the end of the season. I tweeted this yesterday, Andy. Okay. How would you evaluate Chris Baller through 7 seasons? <sighs> okay. You know what the fan base thinks, so There is 149 replies to that tweet. Not to get into like Twitter <laughs> analytics, but that's pretty good. That yeah. is like a shocking number. That's a good number, yeah. For a tweet Am I, I like and I I said to bring it up, I'm like,
1: "Damn, that is a Polarizing, polarizing topic. Well, our web people then are going to come to you today after the show and say from now on, you're doing, you're, you're doing Chris Ballard takes <laughs> for the entire offseason. I mean, Ballard is the number one story with the Colts besides Anthony Richardson. All right, let me say this besides like the team who's developing, who's injured, who's not, free agent stuff uh, or free agents that come in. Chris Ballard is the overriding, consistent top topic. Yeah. Is he not with the Colts, what he's done, what he's not done? Now it's going to be who he's signed, who is he not signed? I mean, listen, if Anthony Richardson doesn't work out for whatever reason, whether that be play or injury, that's going to be a topic. I mean, come on, a bunch of your readers – there, what seventy five percent of them probably three out of four don't want to see Chris Ballard to be the general manager. Then that number might be even be low. It might be much higher than that. And just to give
2: like kind of a slight tease on
1: what my thoughts
2: were with the article, again, I try to lay out you know what would you consider things that have been good. What would you consider things that have been bad? I would say on the good or the win front, I would say he finally took a swing that was very critical in the last twelve months. You you took that swing at quarterback, and the early returns seem to be positive. And I think he's found an answer at left tackle. And that is huge. Agreed. There have not been enough answers at the premium positions. That's where I would label wins. And a cheap you know, version for a couple years. Sure, a cheap that, version that's of left the added tackle. the bonus. The right. fact that Bernard Ryman's making, what is he, is he even making a million dollars? I think it's just a little
0: bit over well, a million.
1: It's the biggest deal in the NFL is when you can, I mean, it's like, why? why did Seattle win? couple, you know, several years ago because they were paying Russell Wilson a fifth round contract and they could load up on money on defense.
2: The losses or the to be determined, I guess, uh, you can label it however you would like. Not enough return on those defensive investments. I mean, they have drafted tons of defenders in rounds one, two and three. Uh, Kind of a combo off that would be the youth plan in the secondary. You know, the reason why the Colts just had a youth move in the secondary is because Ballard has largely failed. Uh, over the course of the first handful of years, you don't go youth move like you don't trade Stefan Gilmore if you're a ready-made playoff team. You, you know, like Gilmore right. wants to stay here and you want to keep him here. And I guess that kind of del- dives right into the last comment. You're still waiting on January. You know, if you just looked at the resume, yeah, that's what sticks out. The record is 54 60 and one. The playoff appearance, two. In seven years, the playoff wins one in seven years, and the no division titles. Um, so again, that's in an article up on 107.5 The Fan. I did the. It was interesting just how much the reaction flooded it, and the majority would fall into the critical. You you certainly had an audience that said no no no. You know Andrew Luck retired, and that set you know the organization back, and you know he gets ripped or it's too harsh, however you want to uh, describe it. But for the most part, it was certainly. You know, he should be very fortunate to be getting now an eighth year at it.
1: Well, I mean, not only an eighth year at it, he's he's getting, you know, I would imagine this would be the final shot. I say that not having any inside information. I mean, KB, they go, when you say youth movement, I mean, he gets yet another chance, not only at quarterback, but to build the roster, to build the team. Does he not? I mean, we're talking about offensive linemen. We're talking about left tackles. Hell, we're talking about Shane Steichen and the coaching staff. We're talking about the quarterback position. Uh, you're talking about Michael Pittman. If he gets paid long term, if that's a you know four year deal for ninety million dollars that you end up paying Michael Pittman on top of what you gave Jonathan Taylor on top of you know I would imagine Ballard's here in a couple years. He's paying Anthony Richardson. Uh, as, you know that you know they always pay before now. You're not getting to the very end of that deal. You're not playing out uh, that entire rookie contract. So it's not only he gets another year, he's getting an eighth year. He's getting more than that because... Uh, He is replacing and bringing a bunch of young players and will be paying a bunch of guys this offseason to be on your team for years down the road. It's very much a future thing. It's two, three, four years down the road, even more so the next season, to me at least.
2: Coming up at the 9 o'clock hour, Thad Mata going to join us ahead of Butler and Nova. That is tomorrow afternoon at Hinkle Checker Out for Butler and Nova. The pair of tickets we'll give away that we did give away already and will give another pair away. Those are in the blue. Section so Who's
1: the guy that won? So the guy Andy knew the brother, Andy
2: Rock Blue. Okay, not you, Andy. The other Andy that won Mark Dykton for our next caller coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Uh, tell them to wear blue coming okay. up on we'll Saturday afternoon. I well, also want some PBS
3: programming hot takes from them, too.
2: Oh, my Daniel Tiger <laughs> neighborhood. <laughs> Mark is carrying on a conversation we are a big on big Twitter Rachel right now. fans. I saw someone tweet that at Is us that as well. a YouTube show? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. See, we haven't. No, we've avoided YouTubers. that one as well. I think she like rose to prominence during COVID. Yeah, her voice is a little. Yeah, I, I don't mind leaving the room when that pops on, but tell you what, she draws the eyes and the ears of Rosie and Max Bowen, and that's probably all that matters.
1: I, I'm telling you, there's so much money to be made doing these, these these children's programs on YouTube. I I don't have the time nor the creativity. I don't think to it do does it. But they make me so angry. Much, how much, so much money people make? Think, I can you imagine like, what, the what their lives are
2: like once they stop <laughs> on? record. Like, wait, did we just film that?
1: Yeah, but also, it's like, I couldn't do that. If I were in, you know, some sort of some sort of get up and I'm did supposed we just to talk spell to a seven Apple year old and make it pop out of the <laughs>
2: ground or something like that.
1: I
3: mean, that's literally like 40 minute videos of just like nothing happening and they're like 10
2: million viewers. I'm like, what? How? Like, can what
1: you, no. like, can what you am, am I doing? Can you imagine? It's all
2: about the beats and the colors, right? It's all about the music oh, beats a, and the a, colors. A, oh,
1: yeah, to be catchy. But like, I'm giving a take on Shane Steichen at 9 a.m. And then I'm like, well, guys, I got to get out of here because at 11 a.m. we're filming how to spell Apple. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I've got a new beat in Banana that's going to make this. Who's,
1: who's, who's, was it Gwen Stefani? Yeah. She do Banana? B-A-N-A-N-A-S.
2: Gwen Stefani get a remix there for that. Uh, She's not more, a holler back girl, Kev. No,
1: <laughs> Who's she married to? Now it's Blake Shelton, right? Uh-huh. She was married to Rosdale and Bush because yeah. we hear the Bush commercials. They're coming to town in like what? June or July. And they're together on the voice? I think yeah. so. Or they used I, to be. I think be. she
3: stepped away now. I think, Or maybe he did. One of them
2: did. One of them know. stepped away. A lot of voices clapping for the Pacers <laughs> last <laughs> no. night. We're really
5: spraying all...
1: Appreciate Greg all joining us last segment. If you missed that or any of our Pacer conversation, Colts conversation, Shane Steichen not on the ballot there uh, for Coach of the Year, any of that, check out the Podcast Center at 1075thefan.com. You can also download the app, stream us live, wherever you may like, and Thad Mata, uh, Butler Basketball head coach, is going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, Let's do this. All three of us here, we're going to give you our picks for what's gonna happen in the NFL weekend. Boy, these these Sunday games are just gonna have monster ratings, KB. The the, the ratings have a monster for these playoffs in these two games. Uh, it's gonna be wild. Do you have a strong uh, I, I don't know who you're going with here. Do you have a strong opinion on on any, any of these games? Like one I, of them more than another? Anything? I feel
2: like I have a pretty strong opinion on where my heart is. Okay. Uh, but
1: <laughs> the Debo Samuel
2: Him back at practice yesterday, I I think it's just such a huge storyline. I know I threw these numbers earlier in the week at you. I think it's worth repeating. Uh, Debo Samuel was hurt back in October. uh, Hairline fracture, shoulder injury. San Francisco scored 17 in that game. They scored 17 in each of the next two weeks without him. So without him, they've been a 17-point football team. Andy, these are the numbers of points scored by the 49ers with Debo Samuel in the lineup this season. They started off with 30, 30, 30, 35, 42, 34, 27, 21, 42, 28, 46, (laughs) 19, and 27. You think he matters? Yeah, just a little bit. So that injury, I think, is absolutely huge. And if we've seen the Lions struggle, they've struggled defending the pass. You know, Baker Mayfield had a nice outing. Matthew Stafford, of course. Nick Mullins kind of lit him up late in the year a couple times. So that is where I have concern. I still think seven's a lot, though. Uh, I I actually am going to go with Detroit, Uh, I will fully admit. A lot of that is with the heart, though, and I do think Debo being a little banged up could be the difference.
1: Yeah, we may be the same here. I'm going with the Lions to win the game outright. Uh, I thought you hated the Lions earlier this week. What all that Lions slander? No, it's being. I don't hate the Lions. I like Dan Campbell. I don't. I don't like that. And and it's gonna happen now. We're gonna have two weeks leading up to the damn Super Bowl that it's gonna be pushed down my throat. How I have to feel good for the Lion fan that has suffered. Uh, And I just. I just don't need to feel that for the fan base. No offense. It's fine. The the guys can cry. Isn't that what sports is kind of about? and everything else. Giving a I, hug
2: to the lovable losing yeah. fan?
1: <laughs> no, I want to win. So you hate the I Chiefs win. because they always win and you hate the Lions because they always lose? That's how you get all bases covered. That's how you get them. No, I don't like the... I don't like... Here's why I don't Mediocrity. like the Chiefs. Mediocrity. Here's the why... Here's why embrace Jeff Fisher's 8, eight football right. teams. I'm embracing that mustache. That's the only thing I'm embracing with Jeff Fisher. No. I, I'm, I, I am... I like the Lions and I like the story, but it's... They're going to make the Super Bowl, and it's now going to be everything about how there's all these old people that have never seen the Lions do this, that, or the other, and you're going to walk in here after two weeks of it, and you're going to say enough of it, okay? I, I'm, I'm, Listen, in the next couple weeks, it's absolutely going to happen. I don't know. I just, there's just something about the Lions. I, I just think, and I know their pass defense is not very good. I just, I guess, don't feel like Brock Purdy's going to the Super Bowl. I I don't know. This is kind of the game I feel like Kyle Shanahan loses. Uh, I'll go with the Lions. And then the other game, the only, listen, I respect the hell out of what the Chiefs have done. Six straight years going to the AFC Championship game is ridiculous. In fact, my mind, I, I, I am probably more conflicted on this game because the things I don't like with the Chiefs are simple. Uh, Taylor Swift swag surfing with Brittany Mahomes. That that that's I don't need it. I'm done with it. That's why I'm pivoting against them. But here's my other biggest problem, Lamar Jackson. What are what are NFL analysts going to? What are what's Twitter going to do if Lamar wins this and goes to the Super Bowl? Because you know I've said this that the Baltimore Raven Lamar Jackson conversation is the laziest in the NFL. Anytime he does something wrong, there's a few people that blow it out of uh, proportion and they're kind of asses about it. And then on the other side, there's all these people acting like that people are bagging on Lamar Jackson at all times. When Lamar Jackson is going to win his second NFL MVP, KB, and he is widely been praised this season. And by the way, and I'll get to him here in a second because I need to pull them up out of my email. The numbers from this Ravens team and what they've done and what they've accomplished this season has been remarkable. My head tells me to take the Chiefs I'm going to go with my heart and I'm going to say actually the Baltimore Ravens win this game and some of the some of the things the Chiefs just can't do the Ravens defense should be able to control nice parts of that game Ravens lines that's going to be our Super Bowl in a couple weeks Mark Diggins uh my head Heading into the season was
3: 49ers. We're going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, so I'd be kind of foolish to walk away from them. But my heart says Lions. I, I, even as a Bears fan, the I do I do have compassion for fans that have been through the thick and the thin as Lions Spoken fans like a have. True Cubs fan. Yes, exactly. By the way, shout out to
2: Tucker Barnhart in the building. Left so
3: left. I will not be upset Ooh. if the Lions pull this off. But I'm going to go with my preseason Super Bowl pick for the NFC and go with the 49ers.
2: I also like the Ravens, Andy, and I really feel pretty confident about that. Really? I, okay. I know it's Mahomes. He's getting three and a half. Kevin, you're an idiot. Have you watched NFL I football know. for the last five years? Yeah, this ain't Buffalo. I get all of that, but yeah, I, I I, just think Baltimore's a different breed, and I think they're very well. I think they're the most complete team left. Um, I think they're getting healthy at the right time with Marlon Humphrey potentially back their top corner, Mark Andrews who is, you know, whatever. He is the uh, safety blanket to Lamar Jackson. Um, I think that is huge as well. Um, their run game, I think, has the element to play some keep away from Mahomes. And I thought the Kansas City wideouts were better in Buffalo. I've watched them too often this year to believe they're going to be better again for a second straight week in a hostile environment, on the road, in a you know magnitude game like this. So I really hope Monday morning, I don't sound like an idiot. Uh, I do, I guess, often on Monday mornings, but... Uh, I I feel pretty confident about Baltimore winning that one. Financially, at the start of the playoffs, um, I did go Baltimore over San Fran for my exact Super Bowl Mm -hmm. bet um, once I saw the Cowboys fading very quickly. Um, But I'm I'm going to deviate off that. I'm going to go Lions-Ravens here. What would you get that at? I got that at plus 350 maybe? Well, okay. Let me, let me, uh, one let me One, that, one
1: that I like, and I bet this, and it was a lower number, and I can't remember if it was 45 or 55 and a half. It was something like that. Somebody may uh, be able to correct me. Lamar Jackson rushing yards over 65 and a half. You're going to, have to play to uh, pay the money. It's minus 130. That might be something uh, that I play this weekend. Quickly, I want to give you a couple of these. This is per NFL research. Give me the Ravens, by the, the way. The 2020 There you go. The 2023 Ravens God, no one going Chiefs? The the 19 <laughs> the 1985 bears and the 1972 Dolphins are the only teams in the Super Bowl era to score 25-plus points per game while leading the NFL in rushing offense and scoring defense. Okay? That's pretty good. Also, the 23 Baltimore Ravens and the 2007 New England Patriots are the only teams in NFL history with a plus 100-point differential versus playoff teams. Last one. Michael David Smith put this on uh, on Twitter a couple days ago. Just, you know, what the Ravens have done. The Ravens have beat the 14 and 5 Lions by 32. They beat the 13-5 49ers by 14. They beat the Dolphins by 37. The Browns by 25. They beat the Texans by 16 and 24. They beat the Jags by 16. The Seahawks by 34. The Bengals by 14. They have nine two-plus touchdown wins over teams with winning records is unprecedented in NFL history. How about that? How about that?
2: The ra- Again, this goes back to our Shane Steichen, you know, not on the coach of the year finalist uh, ballot. I-, I have no issue with Shane being left off. Like, you look at John Harbaugh, you look at Kyle Shanahan, you look at Kevin Stefanski, you look at D'Amico Rhines, you look at Dan Campbell. To me, they all have stronger cases. That doesn't mean that Shane didn't do a very good job this season, and I think Colts fans should be super encouraged about him moving forward. But um. Yeah, I, I got no issue with that. By the way, Mark, I was dead wrong. I got that at plus six hundred Ravens. To oh my! Beat the 49ers. That's very
1: nice. In the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, look like, at I you. I can really
2: use a win.
3: Uh,
1: who's got it better than you, Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert and Kevin Bowen? My what, goodness. What, are
3: they, what were better odds? That or the Pacers forty five wins or more? Uh, you got that. You had that
1: higher. You had that forty like forty five. Yeah, forty. No, I had oh,
2: forty five plus. Okay. Forty five. That was at plus three twenty. That's the okay. one I was thinking of, okay. Mark. Of the one that was. Uh, around those but, but, lines. By the way, did you guys see when we did the show yesterday and beads over under was 36 and a half? Yeah. Someone texted me it closed at 32 and a half.
1: Oh, did it really? You see wow. how many points he had last night? Uh, he had 31, did he not? Or did he have 32? Does Vegas know Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not Vegas. It's... There were a couple dudes there that put a lot of. Oh, did Mattress Max make a better something last night Mattress on the uh, on the under for Joe LMB to get? I told you to take the over uh, with that, so tells you what I know. I mean, Justin, he was
2: close. Justin says, "No way, the NFL doesn't let T Swift go to the Super well, Bowl." Well, I
1: know that's the thing. Are man. you there on that? Oh, I, I I don't believe in all the... There's a script to everything, but you did hint at that with the with the referee I, I, assignments. The, the, the referee assignment. I was going to say. I the thought you some evidence. The referee assignment says take the home team. You get Mahomes, you get some points, you can, I don't know if it's at three or three and a half, if you have to tease it a half point. Uh, So be it. I thought with the Steichen, just real quick, I thought you were going to go with Steichen wasn't a top five, you know, on the ballot for coach of the year. And if you look at the Ravens, you know, the Colts went into Baltimore and beat the Ravens and they made them look human. If you look at the other losses... Yeah, but by I mean, the it, it, by the Ravens, like the Colts have. I guess here's what I'm saying: the Colts had the best win against the Ravens all year. That's the way I view it. The Ravens kind of gave it away against Cleveland, and that was a high scoring game. And then the last game of the year didn't matter. They didn't play Lamar Jackson, and the you know the Steelers did beat them earlier in the year, seventeen to ten. I just kind of feel like the NFL cycle. It, it just Oftentimes, we react to these one-games
2: and think they're these grand takeaways from one game. And I think over the course of 17 or trends of a month or six games, you were there. That was a great performance by the Colts. It also was a historic kicking performance, unlike anything you've ever seen. If Matt Gay misses one field goal... You you lose that game, so I don't again. But I they don't. had the best win against the Ravens. That, right. That's and what that, I'm trying that, to say all
1: year. And this is a historic team. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl. This is going to be one of the top six seven teams right. in NFL history.
2: And again, nothing to take away from the Colts. There is context around that. Then the
1: Ravens have like seven dudes well, ruled out on oh, they, Friday. They had and they more were than incredibly that. They banged bu- up. They had a bunch of defensive guys. You had a bunch of fifty yard field goals. You had who was it? Zaire Franklin, who probably had a pass interference e. at Speed. the end. EJ Speed. I mean, it's, I get it. I'm just. Saying, hey, the Colts did a fine thing. Let them have it.
2: Tyrese Halliburton and it. Grand Père, I they, they could not look more alike. Yeah, that is that is a great <laughs> poll by you. The Tuesday night wardrobe for Mr. <laughs> Halliburton, Grand Père from Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. That's up on Twitter. Kate Do you Bowen, think you would find that funny? Ten seven. Do you think you'd I, laugh at that? I, I would like to think so. I mean, you know, yeah. Don't I'll, you try and get Halliburton on around the All Star game? Remember we had him on last year? Uh huh. He was driving to the airport to go to yeah.
1: Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm for last year's All-Star I think game. I us and everybody else trying to get a little piece of Halliburton get <laughs> yeah. ready for the All-Star He's game. to be a popular everybody man. Everybody in America is trying to talk to Tyrese Halliburton leading week. up to this game. He is an All-Star <laughs>
2: starter. A lot to recap from the Pacers. Big win last night. We'll do that on the other side. Thad Mana and a pair of tickets to Butler Nova coming up in 15.
5: Not.
1: 10 o'clock hour, hanging on the DriveHuber.com studios. KB and Andy, Mark Dighton producing. We're the wake-up call here on The Fan. Busy day on The Fan on this. Uh, it's a feel-good Friday here around here. Query and company coming your way at noon. JMV at 3 o'clock. We got you set up. All the action, of course, tonight uh, with the Pacers in action. So we'll be talking about that as we go. And is it Keyshawn uh, Boutte? Is that how you say it? The wide receiver from LSU? We got to talk about that story. <laughs> 1-800-9-WITH-IT, uh, d- is that correct? <laughs> we got to talk about that story uh, to end things as well. All right, so we have Thad Mod on the Payless Slickers hotline, head coach there, Butler Basketball. So we're going to interview him, and at the end, we'll give away two tickets to the game against Villanova coming up on Saturday. Coach, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
0: Well, how about yourselves?
1: Uh, we are fantastic. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, I know things are busy getting ready uh, for another Big East matchup coming up tomorrow. I guess let's start there. I know uh, as of late, Villanova has stumbled. I believe three straight losses, but this is a big one for you guys. Obviously, the calendar really, really picks up here as we move uh, January, late January into February. What do you know about Villanova? What kind of team are they coming into Hinkle tomorrow afternoon?
0: Well, I think this just like you know all your, your typical Villanova teams. I mean, they're they're uh, well balanced. Uh, got really really talented players, and and um, you know the kid Dixon, who was on the last national championship team, uh, is is just a, a force to be reckoned with. And uh, you know they're they're one of those teams. They they haven't changed how they play from when Coach Wright was there. But uh, uh, you know they they're kind of methodical. Um, they're going to shoot a ton of three point shots. Um, We're going to do a tremendous job of of challenging shots, rebounding the basketball, and then, you know, defensively they're one of the top 25 teams in the country. So we'll have to be on point with our execution. and, And as we always tell our guys, we want the shots we want, not the shots they want us to take.
2: It is a checker out tomorrow at Hinkle Fieldhouse yeah. Butler. How about that? You got any, <laughs> any like 500 that. stories, coach, over the years? I, I'm, I'm trying to think late May. I don't know if you on vacation or anything, but you ever been to the 500?
0: You know, I have been, and um, I'm telling you, and I've said this so many times, I've been in some of the greatest sporting events, you know, national championship games, 75,000 people for the jump ball or whatever, but I don't think there's a greater rush then when the PA announcer comes on and says, gentlemen, start your engines. And when that happens, like, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. That's, that's like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Then that you know, like the two warm-up laps and uh, warming their tires up. Uh, I'm just uh, a big, big fan. I, I'm, I'm too old to go now. But uh, I, I haven't missed a race in, gosh, a long, long time. Yeah, there's nothing
2: like those 33 cars coming at you there in turn one again check her out tomorrow in hinkle blue and white action we'll give away a pair of tickets here at the end of this a guy for you that looks like he could honestly be on a pick crew is pierre brooks i know you've been pretty balanced all year long i'd say pierre's you know probably been maybe the top of that balance um what did you know about him prior to transferring in from michigan state just kind of curious if you could take us through uh that background and uh, how he came to butler
0: yeah, you know it's funny because uh we were just talking about this yesterday with somebody uh um you know, I think from the standpoint now with, with the transfer portal, that sort of thing, you don't get an opportunity to really, really get to know these kids. And, you know, I, I had known Pierre was a highly touted uh, kid coming out of high school. Um, you know, obviously, he came coming from a great program, great coach at Michigan State. And, um, you know, things just didn't work out for him. And I think he had something that I, what I liked is he had something he wanted to prove. And, and um you know he's he's been tremendous for us thus far and and as you said, i mean he's he's been steady throughout the course of the season, and uh we we need pierre to to continue to play at the level he's playing, that's for sure.
1: Fed motto with us here. He joins us on the Payless Liquors hotline. Like KB said, check her out tomorrow in Hinkle. We'll give away a couple more tickets. I believe KB, you've mentioned our tickets are in the blue, the blue section, right, section. Coach? We don't want anyone wearing blue in the white section and vice versa. Okay, you're that gonna to
0: to be g- catastrophic, there, <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> catastrophic. You have to get a student manager to go up there and reprimand somebody uh, if if give throw them a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or uh, something since uh, it's so it's so cold out. You know, you're always. You're building a program here. You're rebuilding a program, uh, and, you know, you're always recruiting, whether it be for guys in the portal. It's guys on your own team now, high school kids and everything else. With the improvement, and I'm sure you hope the continued improvement from last year to this year, if kids are watching your team what do you think they're picking up on why they would be a butler? Again, this is either portal kids or high school kids. What, what what are you doing this season that's saying, hey, we're building something here. You need to look at us in the evaluation process of where you're going to play college basketball.
0: Well, I think the first thing I would start with is is how much better our players have gotten. And um, and that's something, you know, we, we we take very serious in just in terms of our commitment to our players and helping them to become the best players that they, they possibly can. I think, you know, offensively, you got to look and say, hey, they, they play with with freedom, they play with pace, their their um, simplicity. Um, but we I, I want our guys to play basketball and, and I think defensively, you know, you're you're looking at guys that are are competing, they're playing hard and uh and probably the last thing because I think, you know, you, you go through this recruiting process and everybody is self centered in what they're looking for, but at the end of the day you want to be in a locker room, you wanna be with a group of guys that you enjoy being with and I think we've got really, really good kids and um you know, could not be happier with uh, who they are as people and who they are as teammates because, you know, you spend so much time together, uh, you, you do want to be with a group of guys that uh, have the same mission that you do.
2: 13-7 and seven on the year, 4-5 and five in the Big East. Stad Mata joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It is quite the upcoming month for Butler. Tons and tons of quality opponents. Obviously, tremendous opportunities to bolster that resume Uh, Coach, uh, how much do you pay attention to what the resume looks like, to what the bubble looks like this time of year?
0: You know, it's it's funny, and you probably won't believe this, but I don't. Um, I've always been a guy to just keep the focus on, on what I can control, and that's us. Um, you know, everybody talks about March Madness. What about January and February Madness <laughs> uh, in college basketball? But, um, no, we, we just got to keep playing. We got to keep getting better. And and um and that's the thing, you know, like you know, we, we were off Wednesday after the Georgetown game. And, you know, one of the things we showed our guys yesterday in film was just, hey, these were the, the things that we deemed to be important. These are the things that we added for the Georgetown game. And you did them. You did them well. And, you know, probably our the Saturday, we got to make changes to how we're attacking and what we're doing defensively. And, and this group has been tremendous in, in carrying out scouting plans. And, you know, you don't get a lot of preparation time nowadays when you're when the January, February, it's, it's quick turns. And, and these guys are doing a great job with that.
2: I'm guessing the transfer portal has altered this a bit, but compared to your Ohio State days, how much has the in-season part of recruiting changed for you at
0: all? Yeah, it it's it's definitely changed uh <laughs> Uh, with, without a doubt, I think you know you used to be able to sit in your in your recruiting room and and look at a board and, and project three years out who's going to be on your team. Um, you know if we get this kid and he can fill in here and you know this sophomore here and and now those days are are pretty much over in in terms of the the projection. I mean I you know my hope is that you know we only lose two guys, Jalen and J M, off this team and and uh, would love to. Retain this group and and uh, add a couple more pieces to it.
1: Fed motto with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline again. Villanova and Butler that coming up on Saturday. We'll give a couple tickets away in the blue section, on the checkered section there in Hinkle. Uh, we'll do, we'll do that. You know, just to kind of buying a couple you know different thoughts and questions that we've been asking you. You may not look at it, but there's the quad system now. Quad one wins and quad two wins in the next six games. Uh, it's pretty daunting for you guys. You have two quad two opportunities and four quad one opportunities. UConn. Marquette uh, and, and uh, what Crane twice, you know. Providence is a quad two game. I know you're not totally paying attention to it, but you do know your schedule picks up. So if your team is going to win on Saturday uh, and win some of these games and get back into that tournament conversation, what needs to happen? What few things would we say? Okay, Butler's doing this. That's why they're four and two in these quad one opportunities coming up. For instance,
0: well. We got to make shots. Uh, <laughs> that's the, I think the the simplest answer, but the truth. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to score the ball against these teams. I think that's you know one of the things I have found is I think the defense is underrated in in the Big East. It is it, it's, it's really really hard to score, um, and we're going to have to go out and, and and I'll say this: we we need our all of our guys every way that plays. If we run nine, if we run ten, um, they they got to play well. And and not great. I'm I'm not saying great, but you know, we we had you know, DJ went through a little bit of a week and a half slump and, and uh now to his credit he kept defending and did a great job, but uh you know, it was great to see John make shots the other night. He'd been struggling, put the ball in the basket, but you know, we don't need we don't need uh Perfect. We we just need guys to play well down this stretch, and, and we got to stay connected because, as you guys are alluding to, there are we got some great opponents coming up. There's there's no question about that. Very experienced teams, and and uh, you know a lot of those games are on the road.
2: Last one for me and again. Thad Mata is with us here, Butler Nova tomorrow at three o'clock, Coach. We asked you, I think, right at the start of the season about Greg Oden, of course, being on your staff, but I'm curious if you don't mind uh, Mike Conley and. I think it's year 17 if I'm adding this up right. I don't know, maybe it's year 18 for him.
0: He was with me in 07.
2: Right, yeah, just an absolutely absurd run after Ohio State into the NBA. Uh, obviously, Greg was probably the first one that you caught eye of or were told about at a, you know a, a, a young age. What do you recall about seeing Mike Conley Jr., whether it was at LN or, or AAU or wherever, uh, your first impressions of him?
0: Well, I tell you what, it, it's funny because I tell this story. The first three times I watched Michael play, I walked out. I didn't know if he was right-handed or left-handed. <laughs> and I remember saying, like, as, as a college basketball, you should know what handy he is. Um, and, and, you know, he's ambidextrous. And, and, and I, I used to tell people, and, and he came out in a, in a, and it would have been 07 or 06, whatever it was. Uh, there was. There was a great point guard class. And I told people, I said, he's the best point guard in this class. and nobody. Believe me. And um, I, I knew how special he was. And, and you know I give his dad, Mike Sr., a ton of credit. I remember after we had lost to Florida in the national championship that night, it was like 1.30 in the morning, we are eating dinner. And I called him over to the table. I said, Mike, when we get back to Columbus tomorrow, I said, you and I sit down talk about your future. He says, what, what are you talking about? I says, I'm coming back to Ohio State. <laughs> and I said, great. So he walks away from the table. I turned to the coach. I said, he has no idea he's a top five pick <laughs> because he just kept playing. You know, he didn't he didn't listen to all that. And I think that's exactly what he's done in the seventeen years in the NBA. He just is who he is. He just plays and uh he's paid off for him. There's no question about it.
2: Gosh, that is so true about him being right handed. Uh, just how great he was with his right hand. I remember watching new high school teams that would try and press L N and be like, All right, you know, we're gonna get Odin out of the game by, by pressing and then Conley just single handedly break it every time.
0: Yeah, uh, I have always said this about Michael, if if he would have chose golf He'd have won the Masters. He'd have chose track like his dad. He'd he have been a gold medalist to tennis, whatever. I mean, he was just he he was a freak athlete, and and uh, and probably the most important thing was his mental, his mind. He understood everything that was coming at him.
2: Been a hell of a run for him, and obviously Thad Mata, a big part of that at Ohio State. Coach, can't wait to see how the next month unfolds for you. It's been a nice season up to this point. Some terrific opportunities for you starting tomorrow at three o'clock. Good luck, and hope uh, Hinkle will be rocking as always.
1: All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, coach.